Hearing voices? I'm hearing voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. Well, it's always good to circle back around with our friend, astronomer Darren Drake. He joins us this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. Darren, the images that are coming back from the Webb telescope are amazing. Take a minute and tell us why we needed the Webb telescope. Yes, hello, Scott. Well, the Webb is is a success to the Hubble, which is still currently active and working very well. Um, it can, uh, with its larger aperture and its gold-plated uh, coatings, which let us see into the infrared, it can let us see into a more distant universe uh, much more clearly. By that, I mean we're looking into infrared wavelengths, which is just beyond the red part of the spectrum that we see, because that's where the universe that is uh, very, very old and far away is emitting its light, and, and or it's we're seeing it at those colors. Um, it, it becomes redshifted over billions of years, so it turns from visible into the red and then the infrared, and, and we can see those uh, more clearly than the Hubble can and start to see what the early universe looked like in more detail than ever. Is it true that some of the images that we are seeing uh, getting back from the Webb telescope are actually in real time burned up, dead, gone, no longer visible? Well, that's is true to some extent. It's really more true when you're looking at distant galaxies or galaxy clusters or galaxy deep fields. Those are the uh, faint fuzzies that are really, really uh, far away. Now, when we're looking at a, like a, a star cluster or a, uh, a nebula that's within our own galaxy, then it's just thousands or a few thousands of light years away. It, so it depends on what we're looking at. If it's a nebula like the Eagle Nebula, it's a few thousand light years away. But if it's a, a, a galaxy cluster, a galaxy deep field, where kind of thing can be in there, the, the, the very faint red things that are in there that are blobs tend to be the ones that are, uh, say, 8 or 10 or 12 billion light years away. He is astronomer Darren Drake. He joins me this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. We're available 24 hours a day at whtc.com. We're also on Apple, Google, Spotify, and wherever you access high-quality entertainment. Darren, you mentioned that the Hubble is still active. Will it remain active, or what will happen to it? Well, that's a good question. I don't think anyone really knows. Um, as long as it's working, there's no reason to... to to, to not use it anymore. So I think we're just going to keep using it until it runs out. And um, we don't know how long that's going to um, It's already gone past its expiration date some, a fair amount. So it could uh, die off any time or it could go for several more years. But uh, there will be no, way, no reason to discontinue it as long as it's working. It would be kind of foolish to let something like that go. So, um, But once it does go and it can't function anymore, then they'll have to talk about deorbiting it and having it burn up in the atmosphere like over an ocean or something. It'll be still a number of years off. When you say 
wear out or, or go away. Is that a power thing or is it getting hit by space junk? What determines when its life expectancy is over or, or, or when its life is over? Well, it's a very complicated instrument. And if something fails that prevents it from being usable, whatever that may be, it could be a gyroscope or a camera goes out or a sensor, um, you know, an aiming device lets you point it. If any of those fails, then it just can't be used anymore. In the past, we could fix it at the space shuttles. And that's what we did do for many, many years. But that's not an option anymore. So when it's uh, whatever fails, fails first and it makes it unusable, then it's unfortunately gets cataloged pretty much as space junk and needs to be deorbited. So we're hoping that it can still last for many more years, though. This is the voice of astronomer Darren Drake, always kind to join us on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. How did you become an astronomer? Well, it's it's um, been a lifelong path since I was a kid. I always wondered about stars up in the sky, like so many, and collected how and why wonder books on space. And before I knew it, I... I knew more space, more about space than my science teacher. And then uh, it just kind of progressed from there. And eventually uh, I started getting telescopes and joining the astronomy clubs at the high school and at the college. And uh, before I knew it, I really was into it pretty heavily. And um, then I, I got uh, a degree in education uh, not an astronomy degree, but um, uh, so more in the advanced amateur astronomer category. Uh, but I have taught astronomy at several community colleges, and I've worked at the CERN and Space Center for 30 years. And, uh, of course, I run the astronomy camps at uh, Camp Eberhardt. So I've been very active in astronomy outreach over the decades and uh, continue to have people uh, over and um, have gatherings uh, for observing sessions, whether it's at my house or at Green River, like last weekend. Uh, it's a dark sky site 100 miles west of Chicagoland. And um, I've even had school field trips sent to my backyard to look through the telescope. Uh, it's been a long you know, journey, and I've always enjoyed it. And while I don't have the, the PhD or the degree that many astronomers have, it's been more of a passionate uh, hobby of mine. He is astronomer Darren Drake. Darren, we've got about 30 or 45 seconds left. If someone has a huge interest in the night sky, one quick thing they can do that will bring that to life for them. Well, um, there's a lot to talk about there, but I'll mention a, a new type of uh, telescope technology by Celestron. They have what's called a StarSense Explorer. And they now sell telescopes where you can dock your phone onto the telescope and it uses the camera in your phone to tell you where you're pointing. And if you choose an object, such as a particular nebula or a planet, it tells you to aim your telescope, pointing it up and down and left right and then when you exactly nail it it'll be green and you, you look in the eyepiece and your object will be in the telescope so that's kind of a neat new nifty technology called celestron star sense explorer 
that I thought I'd mention. And uh, it's nice because you don't pay for the computer in the telescope because you already own the computer. And just paying for the technology and the app uh, along with the telescope. So that's something to look into, I think. He is astronomer Darren Drake. Thanks for the visit this morning on Hearing Voices. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.